The Sales Development Podcast, powered by TenBound, hosted by David Delaney, is back with another episode. My name is James Bodden, here to introduce episode 189, featuring Adam Grossman and Bradley Gamble of The Selling Factory. Adam is the Chief Development Officer, Bradley is the Chief Executive Officer of The Selling Factory, and together, they kick off the episode by diving into their journeys, individual and collective, on building and founding the selling factory, how they are tying together serving their clients and their local college community down there in Gainesville, Florida. At the 15 minute mark, David asks Adam and Bradley the big question. How did they successfully recruit college students and how do they train them to be ready to serve their clients sales development as a service with college students this is such an interesting concept and hearing adam and bradley break it down is so valuable to anybody leading any sort of sales development team around the 30 minute mark bradley and adam talk about the success stories they've seen over the years at the selling factory with the students that have come through the program and the deep impact they have on each other's lives the relationships that they build and what kind of foundation that gives those students the episode wraps up david asks bradley and adam what's next for the selling factory and They let us in on some really exciting and big plans, all things that should make us feel fantastic about the future of sales development. That's really how I felt after I listened to this episode. I felt really great about the work they're doing at the Selling Factory to prepare these college students for careers, maybe not even in sales development. So if you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, leave us a review, head over to 10bound.com, and as always, enjoy episode 189, of the Sales Development Podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am joined today by my distinguished guests, Mr. Bradley Gamble and Mr. Adam Grossman with The Selling Factory. How are you doing today, guys? We are awesome. Great to see you there. Yeah, living the dream, David. Oh, man, I know. You're out in Florida, right? We are. Yep, we're in sunny, hot, rainy Florida right now. So what's, the <laughs> deal? what's the deal with Florida, man? I can't decide. <laughs> What's the deal with Florida? I think that's a good that's a good direction for the podcast. We get a lot of we get a lot of interesting news out of Florida here. And I know, I mean, probably you could turn the tables. I'm in California, so I know Socialist Republic of California, you know, we're going off the map or earthquakes, but Florida. So anyway, so that's a that's a topic for another podcast. Guys, I want to thank you for coming on the show. The Selling Factory. This is an amazing endeavor. You've had tremendous success in a very short time. Sales development community wants to know, what are you guys doing? How did you start this? Tell us a bit about your background. How'd you get into this? And what are you doing at The Selling Factory? Great. Should I start? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to break those questions down. (laughs) I love it. This is the first 30 minutes. I try to give people five five questions at a time to really throw them off course. Put it all in one. It's like, okay, here's 45 minutes. That's the podcast. Go. (laughs) I'll start it off and I'll let Adam fill in the blanks. So I was a University of Florida graduate, proud Gator. And worked in the energy business for about 15 years. Everything from starting as a outbound sales rep, hitting the phones, moving up to eventually vice president of sales, 
of the company where we were selling natural gas and electricity in many states across the country. Did that for about 15 years, left and did a lot of consulting and mentoring of startup founders and a lot of tech company founders in the Gainesville area, which, which has a great startup scene. And what happened was after meeting with so many of these companies, what we found is, and this is about 2014, 2015, so many of these companies have these incredible products and platforms and, and services they were developing, but they really didn't know how to sell it. And they, didn't, they knew how to raise money, but they really didn't know how to, to build a sales team. It just wasn't their expertise. So in 2016, we had the idea to create a destination where we could marry two populations. One population is all these companies that need help, sales support, and then also having access to 50,000 amazing students at University of Florida, which is the number six university in the country, having access to those students and bringing those two populations together in a space where students can learn SDR, BDR activities, tactics, techniques, and the, that job at 19, 20, 21, some they're 22 years old, and then really be a resource for companies to be able to outsource those job functions to our teams to help them grow. So I would oh, just... What was the population there? The population of the University of Florida is a little over 50, 54,000 yeah, students. It's 50, about 50,000, 54,000, 35,000 are undergraduates. And Holy cow. I, I probably give a little bit of background because I think it merges both Brad's skill set and my skill set and how this focus on both ends of the spectrum, both the client side and the student sign came about. So as Brad, I'm an Ohio guy. I am born, raised, passionate Buckeye. And I know, I know. Okay. And- <laughs> we get we get in <laughs> So it was a long, windy road, but a fun road. Yeah, I want to know how you how you ended up in Florida. But okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So I was on a syndicated radio morning show in the Midwest in the late 90s. Wow. Ended up moving to Boston to promote concerts and then do some media marketing. Somehow or another, I decided that I was just going to jump on a jet plane and head to Australia to surf and bartend, which I did. Dyed my hair blonde. They say, yeah, and it was a lot of fun. So somehow from that experience of dyeing my hair blonde and becoming an Australian surfer, I ended up deciding to become a rabbi. So I am an ordained rabbi. And what I learned in the process when I went to rabbinical school and then was in a large congregation in Memphis, Tennessee. I learned a lot about people and how important it was to identify individuals' pain points because everybody has a pain. Through that identification of pain points, you have to ask open-ended questions. And from those questions, you learn how to help to serve an individual for mutual benefit. And from there, was fortunate enough to meet some peers. We ended up creating a nonprofit together focused on workforce development, followed up, was lucky enough to work with another team to build a profit company focused on sifting social media between significant and insignificant posts. It was a great product, a lot of fun, and we failed miserably. So after 18 months, we put that failure on our sleeve, and I was recruited to come to the University of Florida to be the CEO of a campus nonprofit or a nonprofit that served campus students. And over that five-year period, supporting that organization to stabilize, 
I was fortunate to create another nonprofit focused on workforce development with another team member, and then had the great pleasure of meeting Brad to start and build the selling factory. And what we understood at the time, which I, I believe we're still focused on today, is that the selling factory trains top college students to replicate the sales functions for B2B companies. And what a lot of businesses do currently is associate outsourced sales with overseas. And our teams are built with elite American talent. And what individuals get from our students who work part-time, so about 10 to 12 hours a week, is the benefit of an accountable, high-performing sales rep who have more energy than usually full-time employees working in call centers. So we're both investing in a company's bottom line as well as into the community. That is so interesting. I mean, dude, there's like five things there that blew my mind. So it's amazing that you got to look back. You know, there's that Steve Jobs commencement speech. You got to look back to connect all the dots to where you guys ended up, you know, now starting this company that's really helping people and changing lives, it seems. Yeah, I would only suggest, and I, I say this because, you know, the most important thing for us is how do we serve others, right? How do we serve our clients? How do we serve our student? And at least my value, which we share this value, and I know Brad will expand upon this, is our goal each and every day is to launch pad, whether it be a company or a student, to the next phase of either their career or business. And that's an exciting venture to be part of. That's super exciting. And so let's talk about how does it work? So there's two sides, the company side and the student side. So say, let's just start with the company. So say you're a company, you've got this great product, but you're a techie, you know, or you're an engineer and you just, you're not a sales professional per se, and you start to look at some options. How do they interact with you? And then what process do you take them through? Yeah, great question. So we've had hundreds of meetings with companies about potentially using our services. And we are super transparent. We, I mean, we're not young guys. <laughs> so, so we, we, we feel Speak like, for yourself, Brad. Hey, come on, Brad. <laughs> Relative, dude. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Hella young so, uh, we, right. we realize that we don't promise the world to people. We are super transparent and we are very upfront and honest about what we're good at. And what we're not good at. And I think that's an important piece to mention because so often if you're selling your company or you're you're working in an SDR role, it's always, you know, talk about the good, don't talk about the bad. And what we found is that by really zeroing in on what we're good at and how that can really positively impact a company has really, it's been an amazing transformation we've seen from just the selling profession and selling profession in general. And so... Well, going back to your question though, so when we engage with potential clients, it's typically going to be a company that is say anywhere from a million dollars to as high as $50 million a year in revenue. It could be in the SaaS space, it could be a tech company, it could be a consumer goods company. We're not, we're kind of industry agnostic in a sense. What we realize is that we're able to recruit talent from a captive audience at a university which really helps us, especially with all the recruiting woes that so many companies are having right now, which we can certainly touch on if you like. But 
being able to recruit students in and that are eager, that are hungry, that are really want to learn. And they know they have to have these skills, the ability to communicate, the ability to, to understand the selling process. They need these skills. And this is what big companies are looking for when they're recruiting them upon graduation. So the companies that we're talking to either can't hire talent, can't find talent, are sick and tired of turnover, or don't have a sales team in general. It could be a manufacturing company that has a really cool product that they've developed that they want to get into brick and mortar retail. And we can handle the beginning to end process of list generation, outreach, engaging with these potential prospects all on our client's behalf, closing deals and submitting purchase orders to our client for that on behalf of that new customer. Or it, it can be in the side of a traditional SDR role on the tech or SaaS side where we're reaching out, email, phone, social, multiple touch points, generating interest from decision makers and setting demos for account executives at our client's place of business. So it's a multitude of things. We don't focus specifically on say, you know, enterprise SaaS or cyber or fintech or anything like that. It's pretty much industry agnostic, but what's exciting is that, and this is, I've managed so many salespeople over the last 20, 25 years, seeing what a 19 to 22 year old can do with the exuberance that they bring, the excitement is like nothing I've ever seen. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Amazing. Okay. So they come to you, let's say, say they smaller company and they've got a product that they want to move forward. So do they need to bring, I mean, they need to bring some training or some kind of script or something to give you, right? Or do you help them to get that all together and then pair it with the sales rep? Yeah. The more they have already built out, the better, the more that they've already tested, the better. However, there are companies that have come to us and said, Hey, we've got this product that we've developed that we're just starting to sell and we're willing to invest in a sales team with you guys. And we build together. We've worked with gosh, 80 to 85 companies now over the past four years of our existence and had over 300 students working for us over that same time period. So because we've worked in so many different industries, we have a lot of best practices that we can bring to the table. And again, going back to the transparency, we're very upfront saying, look, we are a team that can bring extremely talented students in here to do this type of work. We're not a marketing agency. We're not a digital marketing agency. We're not writing content. But when it comes to making the calls, doing, making the touches, working through the CRMs to get to an end goal, that's what we do and do well. Wow. Okay. That's cool, man. So I kind of want to get to pricing. So we'll take that offline. I, I'm interested. I'm <laughs> like, that sounds really cool. And so, okay. Now from the student perspective, so they're over there, there's 50,000 of them. You're not going to be able to take all 50,000, but how do you do it? You take like the one top students, how do you take them through the process? And then how do you get them up to speed so that they're ready to sell? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And First and foremost, you know, with anything, you want to identify your market, right? It's the same process in any sales experience. So, you know, there's 35,000 undergraduates. And as Brad mentioned previously, University of Florida is one of the top public universities in the country, which means that the talent that are coming to Gainesville each and every year and graduating are highly coveted. And the knowledge that they're gaining at the University of Florida is just bar none. So each and every one of these students to get in 
they're going to be highly driven and willing to learn, which is, I think, two of the most important components you can have for an SDR and someone who's going to go in any business or career path. The third one, which is the most challenging for any student, and I would argue anyone in life, is the willingness to fail. And what's the difference between being rejected and facing objection when somebody is looking for or seeking more information? So our process is, is we really recruit heavily in the business school, for example, the arts and sciences department, which a lot of great critical thinking skills are developed in liberal arts majors, such as history, political science, economics. So those are really the highlights as well as the athletic department and the journalism and communication school. So we're really identifying these spaces that we find the talent that fits our model best. After an an application in a very systematic rubric model that we've developed to better identify how an individual can be most prepped to critically analyze, communicate effectively, understand the process of selling themselves. We hire cohorts of anywhere between 10 and 20 that go through and first an internal training in which they spend about five to six hours as a group with myself as a cohort. Then they go through an individual process of a system we've developed, we call internally the Selling Factory Academy, which focuses sales on their most important asset right now, which is themselves. So if you can sell yourselves and you know yourself, you're going to be more prepped and have the ability to figure out features and benefits and asking questions and identifying pain points and handling objection in a more macro capacity. And then finally, we have great campaign managers who are full-time individuals that oversee campaigns and oversee our students, coaching them individually and working with them through their development as an SDR, understanding what their strengths are, as well as their needs for improvement. One of the values we, we face here and one of the thrills of being on campus, and I think one of the challenges a lot of companies face in the SDR space is that, that negative word turnover, and that can really hamper an organization. And because we have a fractional sales model in which four individuals equals one full-time individual, the value that we provide with turnover is we embrace turnover. We know that our students are not going to be here forever. They're in college. There's a reason they're doing these experiences with us. And we want to elevate them and launch them into this world of amazing opportunities that exist with the skill sets of being an SDR and being in sales. So with that mentality of embracing sales and student development, we see real success in the development of these individuals at paces that at times, and and Brad can articulate this in more depth from his experience at a multi-million dollar company, I think 750 million in annual revenue, that the students we have are just that excitement and exuberance Brad talked about gets them at a level quicker than maybe the challenges of dealing with a recent graduate, or somebody that's been turning over in different sales development representative spaces. Okay. And then, so let me ask you about that. So the students are trying to 
find themselves a lot, right? And so they're trying to find a career and find a place for themselves. And so they get involved in this. Maybe they think sales is right for them. So they think I get to wear a suit and I get on and off of airplanes. And I'm where I mean, this is in the old days, but yeah, I mean, what, what, what skills <laughs> what, are you talking about? Where, I'm from the 90s. So I'm in a t shirt <laughs> right now. What are you talking about? Well, no, they think that it's a cool profession. So they go, okay, I'm going to give it a try. And then what happens if they get in and they're just like, this is not for me, you know? Cause I mean, sales is, it's debatable, but it could be, a, you know, ingrained intrinsic thing. Like you're just naturally born or sometimes it's learned, but what if they come in and they're just like, wow, you guys, Brad, I can't do this. Does that ever happen? And how are you set up to deal with uh, that? Yeah, yes, that does happen. However, Adam mentioned early on the application process and interview process that we put our students through and the rubric that we use. We're able to pretty quickly determine, I would say, the very high success rate, whether or not somebody is going to be a good fit or not. And sure, there are times when students come in and they realize that, oh my gosh, I am scared to death of the phone. I do not like this. I got yelled at five times. But what is amazing, and this is what we, I didn't see a lot of in former careers of leading full-time, much older sales teams. The bounce back that they have and the resilience that they have is staggering. So you know, a lot of the students have really not, they really haven't dealt with rejection like that before. They haven't been hung up on before. A lot of them haven't been on the phone before, <laughs> but yeah. they look at that and say, wow, this is something I've never experienced, but because of the type of individuals they are, rather than running from it, they, most of them run towards it. And they say, I want to learn how to get past this. I mean, we had one of our students a couple of weeks ago in our end of the semester meeting say, please tell me what I can do to get better anytime you want. I want the criticism, the constructive criticism. I want the coaching. And for somebody at 21 years old to say that, just the maturity level and the excitement that they have, that they want to learn, telling you, it's it's really, it's like nothing ever I've never I've ever seen. And so for students that it just truly is not a good fit. Sure, we do have we do have some turnover. We do have people that do it for a month that say this isn't for them. However, I would say that the success cases are much, much, much higher than the ones that didn't work out. And the last thing I'll mention too is that I mentioned earlier that we're very thoughtful about working with companies and seeing if a company is a good fit. We're not putting our students in situations where it's an instant boiler room, Wolf of Wall Street type of environment. That's not what we're building. We want to make sure that the companies we're working with, the expectations, not, not saying it's easier by any means, but it's more methodical, more empathetic, and puts them in a situation where they can be successful and not just thrown into the pool and asked to swim for the first time. I would just add to that. I think it's great what Brad just expressed. And you mentioned something, I, I say this all the time in interviews that we have, and I, I've shared this with one of the individuals on my team that conducts interviews as well. We're not the wolves on Wall Street, we're the puppies on Main Street. And I think the focus on this is our focus is how do we enable a new generation of professionals to understand the value and importance of sales because it has a bad name. And fortunate, unfortunately, that name of sales has created a fear in a lot of individuals coming out of school where they don't gravitate towards SDR roles, where they 
will run away from account executive roles or, and they use words such as consultant or business development to hide the fact that it's sales. And what we say in our first training is 99% of the professional careers you will aspire to be part of and graduate into will have a component, if not all, be sales. You have to sell yourself in an interview. You have to sell ideas to management and teams. And you most certainly and probably will sell some type of product or service, or at least the company that you're part of. And if you don't understand the backbone and the foundation of what sales is, again, identifying pain points by asking good questions and looking to solve for mutual benefit, then you are going to be at a disadvantage. And going into the conversations and going into the selling factory with that, I feel at as a whole, come into this experience with the understanding that this is a bigger opportunity for them, not just about sales, but really about their career success and where they can go. Well, you mentioned something interesting too. It's you know, the digital first generation that's coming into the workforce. And so the whole thing has been texting, Snapchat, on your phone, video games, instant gratification, you know, all these things. So what you're saying is you screen them in your recruiting process so that they're aware of what they're getting into. Because you can imagine it would must be a huge shock for people to go from a lifetime of instant gratification to a profession that involves a lot of rejection. Yeah. And in addition, in addition to that, David, when they have, when the University of Florida, just like all large universities have career fairs, trade shows, expos, where all these giant companies like Amazon and Oracle and these huge companies come in and recruit students, oftentimes the students will reach out to us and apply saying, I just got back from career fair and oh my gosh, I was told I need some skills. I need to be able to have the ability to talk to somebody. The fact that social media is not a replacement for that. So while they enjoy having those forms of digital communication, they realize that when you get into, when they get their first job, you're most likely not tweeting at or snapping with a 55-year-old decision maker at a manufacturer trying to set an appointment with them. So it's... (laughs) They realize that it's, and we tell them, say, look, when you get into, when you get your first job and you're, you're most likely going to be selling to somebody my age, if not older, not somebody at 23 years old that shares the exact same communication strategy that you do. So you have to adapt and prepare for that upon graduation. We were joking, uh, Brad just said, we were joking just a second ago about that old school sales suit and tie, get in travel and kind of the glamour of sales. And when Brad and I, founded the selling factory. We've been fortunate enough to add a third partner who really understands the backbone of sales automation and marketing automation named Ian Ian Massenberg. At our beginning, looking at our logo, our goal was to create something that took us back, not to the glamour days of sales, but to the relationship days of sales, where individuals went in down Route 66, or they went into the ice cream parlor, they went into the pub and they had conversations with individuals. And it wasn't about the goal of getting a sale. It was about building a transformational relationship. And we've lost that in sales. And so our logo is reflective of that idea of that old time Route 66 or Main Street sign that harkens back to that idea. 
And so in this digital age in which we can get lost and absorbed in technology and lose sight of the ability to see body language and see the smile and understand the, what happens when an individual's objecting through crossing their arms, that we can help to teach this and more importantly, inspire graduates of the selling factory to go and build meaningful relationships afterwards. Our product just happens to be in the sales space, but what we really, I believe, are doing each and every day is providing a, a space where individuals have the tools to build more meaningful relationships to not just serve others, but ultimately solve for and with each other to create whether that's sales or whether that's empathy, which is so key. It's those skills can be translated throughout their career. And so have you kept in touch with them? Is there like an alumni network of people that have gone through the program? And what are some- You get letter jackets, David. Okay. (laughs) You serious? That's awesome. Coffee cups, coffee cups, almost identical. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, we're we're working on that. It's actually a good idea. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, yeah. When our students come through the selling factory, even though we've been remote this past year and we're starting to bring students back in for fall semester, we get really close with our students in that we, we share their stories. We see them every day. They're virtually or in person. And we get to know them really well. And we're very passionate about our team members and we want to see them be successful. Kind of like how a, say a college football team, you know, a student comes through and you know, you're only going to get a few years with that, with that student athlete before they move on. Very similar to that with us. And so what we do is, yes, we have an alumni network. As I mentioned before, we've had probably a little over 300 students work at the selling factory the past four years. So every time we just had our big emotional moment when everybody, a lot of people graduated. So we lost about 35 team members last month that we've been actively refilling roster spots for. But we have a LinkedIn page that we keep as our LinkedIn group for the TSF alumni. We stay in touch with them as best we can. We often reach out to them and ask them to be a guest speaker at our our town halls or our meetings. We'll have them write blogs for uh, for our blog for uh, if you know, giving some insight to what it's like to be in the career world after one, two, or three years. And when we hear stories, we had one of our students, just an amazing student that worked for us for about a year and a half. She went to Oracle. A lot of our students go to Oracle. Oracle does a lot of recruiting at University of Florida, but she said, I'm part of a hiring class. I don't know, maybe it's 20 people or something like that. And she said, I am crushing it. And I'm doing the same thing that I was doing in the selling factory. <laughs> and, and just, I mean, that's the kind of, I, started, I just got goosebumps saying that. But when they respond and say, my gosh, I didn't realize how valuable it was, what I was learning, what I was doing it until I had to do it <laughs> when I, once, I, once I graduated. So yeah, we have a soft spot for all of our students. And, and as our company grows and expands and we end up having not hundreds of alumni, but thousands of alumni, it's only going to get bigger and better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the things that's really important for us. And I know we've talked about the founding and how we have focused on the University of Florida. And right now we're starting to make inroads in other campuses and really start in laying the foundation for building physical locations in other spaces. And we've gotten the University of Georgia and the University of Wisconsin 
that we have started to recruit individuals and that will go into more full force as we move to the fall. So our goal is, while we love the University of Florida and excited by Gator Nation, as a Buckeye just said that, we see the potential for what this provides, both for a university, a student, and a and companies, this three-prong integration that allows us to really support so many avenues of growth. It's just a win on all three sides, you guys. It's amazing. A great, great program. And I mean, what a great opportunity for everybody involved. So, and it can scale because if you think about it, a lot of the software companies, especially, it's essentially engineering and sales, you know, marketing, you know, I mean, that's the two sides of the coin that feed off of each other and they all need great salespeople. They need great SDRs and they need great salespeople. And it sounds like you've got a scalable, you know, repeatable program. And I'm just excited. What's next? And how, how do people find out more? So what's next is we are first and foremost getting all of our team members eventually coming back into the office. It's going to be super, super exciting. So we can't wait for that, that magic culture we had pre-COVID. That's the first thing on our, on our to-do list. After that, as Adam mentioned, we are now expanding our concept. We're not doing this quickly. We're doing this very methodically and humbly because we want to make sure that building those key relationships with universities is pivotal. We can't say we're going to be in 20 universities in a year and kind of a splatter approach. We're very methodical about it. But yes, we are starting to recruit students now from University of Georgia in Athens. And we'll hopefully be recruiting students here in the fall from University of Wisconsin. And, and eventually, we'll, we'll, assuming things go well, we'll have brick and mortar locations up there to where students can actually interact in person like they do in Gainesville. And then long term, if we, we think that in the next five to eight years, we could have anywhere from five, seven, nine campus locations, could be upwards of 1,500 to 2,500 students per year working at the selling factory, supporting hundreds of companies with the model that we've built. So it sounds simple. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Piece of cake, Brad. <laughs> is any company, any product, right? it, it all sounds simple. It's like, well, I thought of that, or just that's do, so just simple. Do more of it. Yeah. It's <laughs> right. Like, uh, once you get to the dirty work, right, it takes a lot of resiliency to build it out. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And so that's our goal. And, and it's, as Adam mentioned, myself and then our third partner, Ian Massenberg, we're not going anywhere where ourselves and our families are in Gainesville. But <laughs> what's really been nice is the, because we have such a talent pool that we're pulling from and entering our organization, we have the ultimate grow from within strategy. So we talked before, it's like building through the draft, not building through free agency. And we can add, and now we have we have seven full-time campaign managers that are that are all young professionals that are learning the art of leadership and leading teams. And we view our, our management team as the future of the company that's going to take us into the next 10 to 15, 20 years after that. So that's where since, since we're in the second half of our career, most likely, <laughs> we think that well, maybe it's half time. Maybe we're still half time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we're super excited. And, and the greatest thing is we get to wear flip-flops and shorts every day. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Amazing. I know this is audio, so you can't see me, my t-shirt, which is, 
I just have this selling factory t-shirt on. It's every single day with different colors and we create every time different themes. But to find out more information about us, encourage individuals to go to this thesellingfactory.com as well on LinkedIn, just LinkedIn backslash The Selling Factory, and you'll get to see all the great things happening within our organization, as well as yet a little bit more information of how our process works and how we can support the various needs that so many companies have in this work. Okay. I'm reaching out right now. Let's see how good they are at, at responding to inbounds. <laughs> <laughs> Got my cell phone on me right now. I'm just waiting for Let's it go. to come through. <laughs> Four five. I'm I'm calling. All right. Thanks, guys. Dude, hey, that was hey, amazing. How are you doing today? It's great to uh, get you on the books. <laughs> just stay on. So thank you guys for coming on. It's an amazing opportunity. And let's get some new companies in there, new students. And I can't wait to watch your progress. So thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, David. Thanks for having us. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.